Spiritual Illusion Sunday. That's what the white cards are for, okay? Don't be drawing pictures on them. Don't be drawing me, you know, and sending them to me. Don't do anything with the white cards. Put them down and pay attention, okay? So this is the second week of Spiritual Illusions, and Spiritual Illusions are an opportunity that we do every year where we give you a card, and you write down something, not a resolution that you can do, but a spiritual illusion that only God can do, okay? And last week, I talked about the Sabbath. I talked about what does it mean that God, after six days, rested? Was he tired? Was he going to go home and watch the playoffs, kick up, have a beer? No, no, it's not that kind of rest, because God doesn't, he doesn't get tired, but really, it's a kingly rest. It's an enthronement that he comes into. And, and when we talked about the pictures that we have in the ancient Near East, our kings would sit on their thrones with weapons and with their feet on a footstool. The pharaoh, in one of the museums, there's a pharaoh that has all the countries that he conquered in his rule. Okay? And, the, and, and what the Bible says is that the whole of the world... All of the earth was created by God and it's his footstool. He reigns over all of everything, okay? He is, and, and the weapons demonstrate his rule, his dominion over those things as well. And then we talked about that uh, as a result of that, Sabbath is him calling us into that rest. So he's resting, he's ruling, and he's saying, do you trust me with your life? Do you trust me to come under my rule and my reign. And then in the New Testament, we talked about, you know, when Jesus said, come to me, everyone who is burdened, everyone is heavy laden, talking about the toil that we, after the fall of creation, after sin entered the world, that we are still commanded to go out, but now, whenever we work the land, we'll sweat, and it'll be hard. Whenever there's childbirth, it was, you know, going to be joyful, no pain. I know, ladies, you're like, what? I know. Yeah, well, there's pain in childbirth, and it's not as joyful uh, as it used to be, and that's a result of the fall. And Jesus came, he says, I want to give you rest. Will you come under my rule and reign? That I am the king, and we talked about all this language in the New Testament where it talks about God giving Jesus all the authority. God, he sits at the right hand of the Father. And we're going to explore that a little more today because that really has implications on who we are. Okay, and so the first thing we're going to do a spiritual solution about is what are we going to stop doing so that we can come under God's rule and reign? How are we going to rest so that we can experience God's rest? Okay, so that's kind of me focused, right? About my relationship with the Father, my relationship with the King. The second spiritual solution I'm going to talk about today is what are we called to do to bring the reign and the rest of God, the rest of not the rest of God or all of God, but the Sabbath of God into the world. What does that look like as image bearers? And we're going to take a look at that today. And I'm short on time, so I'm just going to run through it. And I want to go back to Genesis because it's the beginning of the year. We'll, we'll go to the beginning of the Bible. And in Genesis, what we see is that God creates the sky and the sea, the land and the plant, the animals, the stars and the moon. He creates everything, right? And six days. And after each day of creation, he says, it is good. Look what I've done. It is good, right? And then the last thing that he creates is us. He creates man and woman. And it says that he created us in his image, that we are created in his image and in his likeness. And that word image is deity, that we have, not that we're God, but that we have, he has given us 
the rule and the reign of his creation. You know, God's desire was to expand his kingdom through all the earth. Go, be fruitful and multiply over all the earth, through all the earth, okay? And so this is what we are created for as image bearers. I want to read this to you. This is Genesis 1, 27 to 31. So God created man in his own image. and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth. And every tree... That, uh, and every bird of the heavens and everything that creeps on the ground, everything that has breath of life, I've given you every green plant for food. And so it was. It was so. And God saw that everything he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. So when he created us, he said that we were very good. Because we are created in his image, we have value unlike the rest of his creation. We sit on top of creation. We are above angels. We are the closest thing to God as his creation. We have a presence in us, a spirit in us that is like God. Okay, now, it doesn't mean that we necessarily look like God, okay, because he's spirit, so he doesn't have a face, Okay, but what it's talking about here is that we are like God intellectually. We are like God spiritually. We are like God morally. Those things have been planted inside of us, unlike all of creation. And his desire is that we would reflect his morality in the world. We would reflect his intelligence, his thinking, his processing, how he does things, how he builds things, what the Garden of Eden looks like spread through the world, and that we would connect with him spiritually, that he calls us, and this is all of creation. I don't have time to explain it, but all of creation is a result of God desiring spiritually for us to connect intimately with the Trinity, that before the creation of the world, the three existed Perfect intimacy, perfect love, perfect relationship. And so God creates us in his image, image bearers of him, so that we can be a part of that intimacy, that power, that love, okay? And then, and God gives us dominion to show us what that looks like, and I talked about that, okay? We're creating his likeness, so we bring love, joy, peace, all those things to the world, yada, yada, yada. Okay, and then, what happens? The fall, the fall of man. So God creates this amazing situation where we are close to God. The enemy comes in and says, don't you want to be God? You'll be like God if you'll eat this fruit. Your eyes will be open and you'll see the things that God sees. You'll know what God knows. And so we are given all this, all of this. And the enemy comes in and lies, this little lie that we know could not be true. And we take it anyway. And sin enters the world, not because because God ordained it, not not because the enemy tempted us. Sin entered the world because we wanted to become like God. And we've been doing the same thing ever since. And we see this in the story of the nation of Israel. 
okay? And so after the fall, this is what happens, okay? So this is who we are. We're perfectly created in God's image. We hold the spirit. We're like God intellectually. We're like God morally. We're like God in every, every way that we can be like God, okay? In every way that can be like God, okay? And the fall comes, and this is what happens, all right? Now, as, and in the fall, we don't lose all of who we are. We're not obliterated, so we don't, you know, humankind doesn't go off the deep end and start killing everyone, starts poisoning the water, starts, you know, raping and pillaging. Like, that's not what happens because there's a part of our image that is maintained. And so if someone asks you, oh, yeah, is this a cup? You say, yeah, this is a cup. Can it hold water? Oh, yeah, it can hold water. Well, it, it looks different than it used to be. Yeah, it got crushed by sin. It got crushed And the image that was in this has been distorted because of the fall. And so we have this picture now, after the fall, of us being broken, of us still being in the image of God, still being called to image bear and to take his love and his life and his kingdom to the world, but we look different as a result of our decisions. And so we struggle. We struggle in how we live this out. And so we're still called to have dominion to rule over, but when we have dominion now over the earth, what happens? We use the earth for our own gain. Global warning, devastation of all these forests, you know, all of these things we were created to be stewards of as God's creation. When we are given the power that we have, we, do not, we haven't stewarded it well because our image has been marred and we're broken. We've been given power to lead people intellectually and morally. And what happens? We abuse that power. We take advantage of people. We oppress people for our own gain. And we try to reflect God's love and his beauty, his glory to the world. And we do as his believers, but not fully as we were created to because of sin in our life, because of the fall, because we are broken. But this is what we know. This is the good news, kind of good news, good news and bad news, right? And so after the fall, because of a period of time, then Noah comes on the scene. And God's really angry and because of how people are living. And he wipes everyone out except for Noah, his family, and the people and the animals that are on the ark. Okay. After that happens, Noah comes off the ark. And God says, Noah, I'm going to bless you. I want your sons uh, to rule over my creation. I want you to rule over my creation. I want you to have dominion. I want you to have authority over the plants. Same thing that he said in Genesis. And Noah was like this. He was broken. He was jacked up. And so the good news is that in the midst of this, in the midst of our brokenness, God says, you have value. And he says that because there's a, a, a part in here where he says, God made human beings, or it says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Another way of saying is, God made human beings like himself. So somebody... Will kill, a per- will kill the person who murders another human being. So, so, so this is the good news, folks, is that everyone is created in the image of God. It's why we treat everyone with dignity. It's why we love everyone. It's why we move towards everybody with the gospel. Everyone that you hate is created in the image of God. Everyone that disturbs you is created in the image of God. Everyone that has hurt you, who has wounded you, who has abused you, who has taken advantage of you, is created in the image of God. And they have value to God. It's why we teach our children to not take advantage of each other in relationships. It's why we're called to honor people, our spouses in marriage. It's why we're called to love people who feel like they're unlovable. 
because everybody is created in the image of God. But here's the bad news. And just after this happens, he says this, the Hebrew word that's used for image in 9.6 of Genesis stops being used. It's never used again in the Old Testament because the nation of Israel spirals out of control. And so God stops calling them his image bearer. All the way through the Old Testament, we remained like this and got worse and we got worse and we got worse. The next time that that word is used, it's translated from Hebrew to Greek about Jesus Christ. It says this in Colossians 1.15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the exact image, perfectly man and perfect deity. 119, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Not a part of it, not a broken part of it, but all. He is perfect in every way. Never sinned, never was crushed by the fall, never was broken, never sought to be God, but to serve God with all of who he was. And we talked about that. That's what meekness is. And then in Colossians 2, 9, for in him, Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Can it be more clear than that, folks? No. So this word stops being used because we spiral out of control. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, hey, hey, I'm back, right? I am the visible expression of the invisible God. I am bearing the image of God perfectly. I am representing him perfectly on earth. I am bringing his kingdom to come like earth on earth as it is in heaven, You start reading what Jesus says in his kingly language. It's language of enthronement that he has come to bring forth and to bear on the earth. Okay, so this is where we come in. So in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says says this. In their case, the lost, okay? In their case, the God of this world, the devil, the enemy who brought sin into the world through man, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, so, so God's kingdom is being built through Jesus Christ. Jesus is calling, into, you know, calling us into his rest. He's calling us to bring forth his kingdom because there are still a population, a large group of people who have been blinded by the enemy, who believe that this is who they are, believe that this is as good as it gets because their eyes have been shut by the enemy and God calls us in the power of the spirit to move towards them. This is the second part of the spiritual solution, to move towards them because spiritual solutions are not about us. They're about God. What is God going to do? How is my life going to glorify him this year? And so in Jesus, by Jesus, our image is restored. In Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Now, I'm reading a lot of scripture because this is hard for you to believe. And, and we, what we believe is the Bible is active, it's living. And right now, the Holy Spirit is just bringing his truth and his word into your heart. And he is going to change how you see yourself this morning. Because if we don't believe that we're created in God's image, we will not ever come into his rest and trust him with our life. But he says this. What what did I write up there? 
Image restored by Jesus. Now here's the rest of, of Colossians 2, 9 and 10. So I read, for in him, Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. The whole fullness. And then the next part of the verse, it says this. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and all authority. You get that? So the same spirit that lives in, it lives in Jesus, that raised him from the dead, lives in us now. We have been filled. We have been brought into freedom because of the freedom that Christ has come into, that he rules in, so that we can once again be image bearers. He has restored the authority that the enemy took from us. It is God's authority. It's his power. It's his image that we bear on this earth that brings rescue, relief, and calls people into the rest of Jesus Christ. This is really who we are. This is really who we are created to be. To open the eyes of people who can't see the truth, who can't see the light. In Genesis 9, 6, I said this. God made the human beings like himself. So somebody will kill the person who murders another human being because of the value that human beings have. So Jesus comes on the scene, and what does he do? What does he conquer? What does he rule over? What has killed us? Sin. Sin has killed us, so Jesus murders. Jesus gets rid of sin. He kills sin. It dies in us for everyone who receives Christ. Everyone who comes into his presence and his kingdom receives the work of Christ, and we're a new creation. How is that possible? Because what has killed us has been conquered by Jesus Christ on the cross. It's why Christianity is the only religion that makes sense, that works. Because no other religion, none, zero, does anything about our sin. Jesus is the only one who conquered what has killed us. He's the only one. Jesus killed sin so that we could have life. In Romans 5, 17, it says this. For if because of one man's trespasses, Adam, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, righteousness reign in the life, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. One man, Jesus Christ. He has redeemed man. And then in 829, it says this. We are created to be conformed to the image. There's the word again. We have been created to conform to the image of Christ. Colossians 3.10, put off the old self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of the creator. So we're created to be image bearers. We've been given authority and power. We're called to rule and have dominion over God's creation to rescue those that are blind, right? And so, like, what does that look like? How can I do that? Okay, so I'm going to show you how we're going to do that. Ed, why don't you stand up? Ed McCarthy, stand up. Come on, Carrie Chap, you stand up too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vinny, stand up. Okay, and we got Ryan who's going to stand up. And last but not least, Brittany, I know you're like, you know, come on, stand up. And, oh, Jenny McNulty, stand up. Okay, all right? So these are the new creation. They are image bearers of Christ, right? And so what are they going to do? They're going to live out the kingdom of God. They're going to come under the rest and the rulership of Jesus Christ, right? And so these are the people in their life. They have been blinded. You are the people in their life 
then his life had been blinded. As he lives out the kingdom of God, as he lives out being an image bearer, he becomes more and more like Jesus Christ. They become more and more like Jesus Christ. They begin to bear his image more and more. What are you going to do? What, what? I want some of that rest. I want some of that peace that you talk about. I want some of the love that you're experiencing. I want some of the joy. And so in their spheres of influence, in their spheres of influence, they're just following Jesus. They're coming to Christ. They're coming underneath his kingdom. They're saying, I want to serve you with all of my life. I'm just going to offer it to you. And, and they're just like, yo, yo. So everyone in Vinny's environment, you know, they're like, Vinny, what's up? Where is this coming from? It's coming from Jesus. It's coming from Jesus. Not me. I am just a representative. You see, in the Old Testament, y'all can sit down. Sit down. Very good, image bearers. Okay, so in the, in the ancient Near East, th- this is why it's called an image bearer. It's one that represents someone else. Well, in, in the old times, what would happen in the ancient Near East back in the day, when a king conquered a nation, like we talked about, and he sits on the footstool, right? Well, he did that a lot of times. So there'd be like 10 countries or nations that he would conquer. Well, who's going to rule those nations and, and, and keep them under his authority? He's only one king. He's only one king. And so what it, would, what it said was that he would make statues to bear his image in those places. To remind people whose rule and whose reign they're under. And so this is what's happening with us, is God creates us in the image of God, and he sends us into the world to bear his image so people will know whose rule and whose reign they sit under. Whether they choose to or not, we are the image bearers of God that communicate in our spheres of influence, in our work, in our, in, in our schools, in our classrooms, in our businesses, in our families, in our families, we are the visible expression of the invisible God. That's who we are as his children. That's who we are as his king, sent to earth to bear his image so, so people will come into his rest. That's pretty cool, right? That, that you are flipping like God? That you're like God. You're, you are like God. There is deity in you. We all sing about his blood running through our veins, but we struggle to believe it. Because if we believed that we would live differently, we would act differently. The enemy knows how powerful we are. He fears us, but we don't believe who we are. Brendan Manning says the hardest thing for us to accept, the hardest thing for us to accept is that we are accepted by God. We struggle with that, don't we? If we believe that truth, we believe we are his children, we believe that we are created in his image, that we have been given authority over all the earth to rule, we would live differently. So two spiritual solutions this year. The first one I've talked about, what are you going to stop doing this year? You can, start, you can write things that you're going to do. What are you going to stop doing this year to, to rest, to Sabbath, to come into his rule and reign, to show Jesus, I'm serious about you. I trust you with all my life. And so I'm going to stop for one day. I'm going to stop for one day, everything that I do, to just be with you. I'm going to go fishing. That's what I did on my Sabbath. I just went fishing. By myself, hung out with God. It was awesome. Then went on a date night with Laura. Awesome. All Sabbath things. All things that God created me for. All things that he worked into my heart. 
I put a little worship music on, but it would have been okay if I didn't. Because I'm his child. He loves to see me play in his creation. He has built me for that, and I'm reflecting that to people around me. So what are you going to do this year? When are you going to stop to give God the opportunity to do what he does, to give you rest, come into his Sabbath? So Sabbath is about stopping and about trusting. If you didn't hear the talk last week, you should listen to it because it explains this a lot more. Okay, the second one, though, and that's inward. The second one is outward for others. What does it look like for you to be an image bearer of God? Our role to invite people into the rest, the freedom, and the life, God's rule and reign into the Sabbath this year. Who is God calling you to open the eyes of to Jesus Christ, his rule and his reign? Now, this is the hard one, right? Because you're going to become that guy or that gal at work that has those awkward conversations about Jesus. Because you can share the gospel with people and never use words, but they'll never come to Jesus, okay? Saint, you know, Francis said that, and he was partly right, but that's not the whole truth. If you don't talk, people aren't going to know who Jesus is. You have to talk. You have to. And, and there is someone in your sphere of influence this year that God is calling you to open their eyes. All you have to do in this time is pray about it. Lord, show me who that is. Write their name down. And whatever else you want to write down for your spiritual solution. But those are the two things I feel like God's spoken to me about, that he wants to speak to our church about, that he wants to do this year in us. But if there's someone in your family that needs healing, you have a child that you want to pray for that's lost, you can write down whatever you want. But those are the things I wish that we'd pray about and start with. So right now, you're going to get your card. There's pens and cards here. We're going to put on some music to do by, you know, like do the spiritual solutions by. And then afterwards, you're going to take those home. You're going to take those home, put it on your refrigerator or stick it in your Bible in a place that you can see it to remind yourself, I'm an image bearer. I'm going to stop, rest, and trust, and I'm going to move as an image bearer into the darkness and open the eyes of people. Who is that, Lord, that you have for me? Dude, there's nothing more exciting. There's nothing more exciting than God using you as his deity, as his image bearer in the world and leading someone to his rest. It is amazing. Is amazing. Father, we ask that you would come through your spirit, that you would reveal in our hearts who you're calling us to. You would reveal in our hearts what you're calling us to stop from and to trust you with. Just come, Holy Spirit. It's only you that leads us. It's only you that opens our heart to the truth, that enlightens our heart. It's only you that's restoring us, making us more and more like your son, Jesus Christ, and to bear his image. Come now and speak to us. So if you haven't written anything down, like I, I was praying, and the Lord didn't speak to me about number two, because I work with Christians, and I'm around Christians all the time, right? Even though some of you need saving. But um, he didn't speak to me about that, so I'll take it home. I'll take it home, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what everyone else needs to do. And we all need to play, because each one of us bears the image of God in a different way. We all have unique gifts. We all are called into the world and reflect his glory in a unique and beautiful way that, that's my throat, not being, being emotional, a, in a unique and beautiful way. And when you choose not to play, the church doesn't get to experience your gifts. And the father doesn't get to experience the joy that you were created to give him. The Bible says that we are to bless the Lord. 
How do we bless him? Before the creation of the world, he's given us good works to do. We exercise our authority, our image bearing on earth. Everyone needs to play. Life is too hard and too messy to allow people to walk through it blind. We are God's creation. We aren't statues. We're called into the world to reflect his creativity, his love, his beauty, to actively move towards people. Let's stand. So in ministry today, in ministry today, I feel like there's many of us that believe that this is who we still are, still crushed by sin, even though we've been freed from it, and there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. But this is what Jesus does to us. He makes us move from glory to glory. He makes us and is conforming us into his image. Are we still broken? Are there, is there still work to be done? Absolutely. But we have been saved by our Savior. We're being saved and being made into his likeness. And then one day, we will be fully restored and saved and bear the image that we were created to bear in heaven. Fully and in every way, the deity of God will fill us again. But many of us struggle and believe that we're crushed still. Believe that God, struggle to believe that, that God would use us. And so anybody who would like to come down, and you could come down to ask the Lord, who is it you want me to pray for? What does it look like for me to stop and to slow down? Let's, let's do it. Let's bring it. Let's be led by the Spirit. We are charismatics. We love the Spirit. We love how he leads us. Allow him to lead you this morning into the power and the presence of who you're called to love as well. How are you going to rest? How are you going to trust? How are you going to stop? And who is he calling you to love? So let's come down for that. And also, if you struggle to believe that you're an image of God, that you've been created in the image of God, the way that you know that you struggle with this is that you experience shame a lot. You feel guilty a lot. You um, look down on yourself. You feel judged by others. You have a negativity about who you are that's reflecting the false image bare of who the enemy wants you to believe you are. And so if that's you, I would encourage you to come down this morning as well. So those groups, those people, come down. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. We have your children. Don't worry about the time. We've gone a little over. So find some space. Just come on down. If, if you want to experience more of his rest, you want to experience more of his love, you want to experience more of his life, more of his freedom, come down. Ask him how you're to rest this year.